Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A dream mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up, and welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I am a Dream Mason, a performance and mindfulness coach. I work with leaders, creators, and innovators, those brave enough to build their dreams. If you're a high performer looking for an edge with a desire to expand your leadership, generate more money, more time, and feel more fulfilled, working with me will support you in making that life a reality. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and please share this podcast with a friend. Welcome back to the Dream Mason Podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova, and I am here with an awesome guest today who's going to talk about something totally new and different that we have never talked about on the Dream Mason Podcast, which is fashion and style. My guest today is Anna Neymark. Anna is a personal fashion stylist. You are a style coach, and then you're also a speaker, and you talk about things like self-acceptance, self-love, empowerment, collaboration over competition. Yep. And then you do things like helping people dress for the body they have, not the body they want. And now I'm like really self-conscious. I'm like, should I be wearing this? Should I change? (laughs) People don't know that you were already in my closet. You're totally fine. What do you want people to know about you that outside of the introduction? Outside of the introduction. Hi, guys. um, And thank you for having me. Um, What I want people to know about me is what I'm all about is self-love through style and really discovering your authentic self and who you are in the world and being the youest you possible and going out and just being fully self-expressed. And for me, that really hits home because I actually moved to San Diego eight and a half years ago for an engineering job. Okay. So (laughs) I started out completely inauthentic to who I was. Mm -hmm. I started out trying to fit myself into some box of who I was supposed to be, who my parents wanted me to be, um, you know, living the life that was expected of me and feeling completely unfulfilled and completely not like myself and dressing like stuffy corporate, all of that. It was crazy, crazy making. And for me, it wasn't until I took myself through this process of rediscovering my self-expression and how I wanted to show up in the world. And once I, once that switch flipped and I started dressing differently and being more me, even at my engineering job, that I got this self-confidence back and I really got the confidence to pursue this career. And of course there was a bunch of personal development involved in all of that, that went into how I chose to make the shift, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't be here today sitting here, like feeling fully myself if it wasn't 
for that process and taking myself through that process and starting to own myself and show up as fully authentically self-expressed me. And now my, my whole plight is just to give that to people. Engineering to fashion. Yep. Probably not the like typical route people take. Probably not. Awesome. (laughs) Um, There had to be a moment that you broke the, hey, I'm doing all the things the way you're supposed to, right? Like engineering sounds like, it sounds like a really smart decision, right? To get an engineering. Very stable. Yeah. And then fashion stylist, totally we need them. There's people doing it all over and way more risky, not the like job that your parents are like. This is what we want our child to do. That's stable. And so yeah. what we, we especially we, Russian parents. Okay. And so, a house full of engineers and scientists <laughs> and mathematicians. Uh-huh. So was there a moment was there do you remember like an actual moment where you were like, oh, I'm totally breaking away from the like my comfort zone or the safe to go out into this complete unknown? I think it was a series of moments that lasted pretty much a year and a half, I would say. Um, but I think really the moment was, um, so it started with personal development. I realized in this course I did that I had been living my life for my parents. Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy. It wasn't what I was meant to be doing. And I thought, okay, well, what am I actually good at? What do I love? Mm -hmm. And what do I, what do I actually want to do with my life? And I thought of, you know, the, the empowerment that I was able to both get for myself and give to other people, because I was always that person who liked shopping for everybody else and would take people and dress them. And it always came naturally to me, but I never thought I could make a career out of it. Right. And eventually well, after doing personal development, I was like, oh, I actually have this possibility. Like I, I can do this. I can totally make a career out of this and why not do it? And I signed up for Thumbtack, um, which connects service providers with people who are looking for services, including wardrobe consulting. I started taking clients on the side, but I think the definitive moment was after I switched to an engineering sales job because it was you know closer to what I wanted. It was sales, right? It would help me with my business. And I spent all my time at work, pretty much working on my website and slacking off and not really giving a shit about what I was doing at work. And I got fired six months into that job. And that was the moment when I was like, okay, this is it. Like I, this is a sign from the universe. This is my shot. Mm -hmm. I have no safety net. I have no savings. I have no anything, but I'm just going with it because I have no other option. I I mean, I had all the options, right? I could go get another engineering job. But for me, that was the do or die moment. Like now over my dead body, is this not happening? So how has it, well, so how, let me ask you this. How has it, have you made it work? Because I have it that you made it work. Like, it didn't just work. You actually have created this business out of thin air. And you're not, again, you're not the only one doing this. Right. But 
there's probably a lot of people that actually might want to create a business like this or just any business that actually fulfills like a full on passion yep. that they'd be wanting to create out of thin air. How have you made it actually sustainable? Who knows if it's actually sustainable, right? <laughs> I'm two over two years into it full time. And I still have moments where I'm like, shit, how am I paying rent this month? Right. You know? Yeah. So it, it's still not, <laughs> I'm still figuring it out day by day mm-hmm. is what I want to say. But I think the way I've really made it work is again, there's no other option. Just telling myself and making that solid decision that this is happening and this is what I'm meant to be doing. And there is no going back. And if I went and got an engineering job, I would be selling myself out and I would be selling my clients out and I would be selling out on my life purpose really. Yeah. So it's once you have that driving force, I don't know, you just fucking go for it. (laughs) No, I love, I love And I'm sorry being, being a potty mouth, but (laughs) maybe not. I'm just, no, I love that yeah. the you that there is no turning back and you have to. I'm a big believer that you have to be all in. Yep. Um, and you don't have to be all in in everything in your life, right? You don't have to be all in on like the car that you buy. Like who cares? You're not right. going to have it forever. But if you want to do relationships, you got to be all in. Like right. like a partner like dating, marriage relationships, you got to be all in. If you're not all in, it's not going to work. Well, there's no point. Exactly. You don't have to be all in at a job. If you want to go get a job, you can be kind of half in, half out. There's plenty of people like just kind of like killing time in their jobs. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to start your own business, you have to jump in the pool, like all the way in head underwater where you almost feel like you're going to drown. And that's the thing that has it work. So it's cool to hear you say that as the the thing for you. I didn't know you were going to say that. Right. Yeah. So, um, let's look at, uh, Let's actually talk about fashion in a way that um, we can talk about how important it is. Because I didn't realize it. We've, as we've talked about, I wear the same thing almost every day. Right. Um, and I had no, like I, me personally, I dress for what makes me feel comfortable mm-hmm. and that I like. I'm not worried about anyone else. I'm wearing what I want to wear because I want to wear it. Sometimes to my detriment. Sometimes maybe not. Right. But talking to you, what I've learned is like the the mindset piece behind the way we dress or behind the way our clothes or our closets look. So I kind of want to walk through it, but from the way that you did it when you looked in my closet. Yep. So before we, and and you guys don't need to see my closet to know this, we're going to give you plenty of information. It's not special. You're not missing anything. Um, I mean, it's a nice closet. (laughs) It is a nice closet, but I would love to like take the walk through like my closet, just kind of in, in rehashing and talk about how we looked at the conversations we had about the different things, where they are, why keep them, get rid of them and whatnot. Right. So the first thing I noticed when I walked into your closet were the hangers, right? <laughs> and I'm going to bust. Well, let's talk about this in the yeah. sense of right, everybody. You're, you do yep. this with everyone too, right? I do this so. with everyone. So the first thing I tell people is what hangers are you using? And for those who can see, like, and why does this the, matter? Like the velvet slimline hangers, who cares is yeah, because like, they don't ruin your clothes because the, the wood hangers and the plastic hangers, first of all, they take up a ton of room. And I know that you have a ton of room sure. in your closet, so it doesn't really matter for you, but a lot of people have closets bursting with yeah. clothes And when you walk in, the first thing you see are all these different colored, mismatched, raggedy hangers. 
and clothes are falling off of them, mm-hmm. and you have like the weird bends in the shoulders of shirts. So the velvet slimline hangers prevent that. And okay. They make your clothes nice, so you can actually see the clothes instead of the hangers, and that's like it. Simple. Simple, and people might say it's a nitpicky thing, but it actually does make a difference. Well, why does it make a difference though? Why would you say that like something, a little detail like that makes a difference? Because it's showing that you care. It's showing that you actually give a shit because your clothes are an extension of you. You put them on your body every single day. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you know, if you're just tossing things on the floor when you're done with them, what, what message are you sending? Like, what are you saying about how you care about yourself? Sure. Really? And people think about, you know, it doesn't really matter and it's a frivolous thing, but it does because it's an extension of you. And also clothes, I believe are a physical marker of where you are in your personal development, in your like in all the inner work going, that you this do. This is not going well for me. This is like not going well for me. Right now. This is... I didn't say that. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. Hangers. We, I did, I was pretty good. I actually had, yeah, I actually have good hangers. You do. You do. You, you got that part. I got self-respect. Yes. <laughs> okay. And you, it's also caring about your clothes, the condition of your clothes, right? Yeah. Wanting to preserve them, that sort of thing. Okay. But then really clothes are the physical marker of your inner work. Okay. So let's look at like when you looked at the rest of my closet, what was, what are some other impressions and things you had that are things that like, right. Come up with other people, right. The mindset pieces, the, the things that come up with other people. The first thing I ask, and usually I have people do this as pre-work is have everything in their closet out and really think about when's the last time they wore each piece. And when they did wear it, how did it make them feel? Okay. So I had a bunch of stuff like button up shirts right. that, you know, when you walked in, I was able to go, okay, I wear these, and I don't which wear is these. like six, yeah. six of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't wear these, which was like 20 of them. And maybe, you know, I need a shirt for like to put under a suit or something randomly once a year. I might look right, but I don't wear them. I don't. And I, and my response was like, well, why would I get rid of them? They actually fit me. They're fine. They're, they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Fine is a four letter word. It is a four letter word. You know what fine stands for? <laughs> no, tell me. <laughs> Fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. All joking aside, but we, we say things are fine, but do you deserve a life that's just fine? No. Or are you out to create this juicy, amazing, absolutely magical life, right? Yes. Because you're doing that in all the other aspects mm-hmm. of your life, right? But how you do one thing is how you do everything. So why hold on to this dead energy in your closet? Because that's what it is. I love that. You said that before to me about like, I have a bunch of winter coats because I lived in New York. And I'm like, well, these are expensive, right? Winter coats yep. are, they're not cheap, right? A button-up shirt, great. I'll throw it away. I can donate it. There's probably somebody that would love to have a button-up shirt in great condition because they're basically in perfect condition. Totally. Um, but the winter coats are expensive and they're not cheap and they're nice and they're all in good condition. And the first thing I thought is like, I can't get rid of these. Like they cost money. 
And right. even though I could afford to go get another one, it occurs as wasteful yep. to just like say, hey, because I don't live in New York, I should get rid of these because in San Diego, you don't ever need a winter coat. That would be weird right. if you needed a winter coat. So, and your response? My response was, well, you do travel to other places where it gets cold, right? Sure. sure. So yeah. you could keep one or two, keep your favorites or keep the warmest ones or the ones that are most appropriate for mm-hmm. wherever you're going. But why do you need six or seven of them? Right. And your response was, well, I paid money for them. They were expensive. It's wasteful to get rid of them. And here's where I go a little woo that it really is a scarcity mindset. You are telling the universe that you're going to hold on to these things because you spent money on them and you won't let them go. But the universe, the way it works, the way abundance works is the universe loves to fill a void. Mm-hmm. And if you're not creating that void for it to to fill with new abundance, you're going to stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. And you're holding on to this dead energy just by virtue of, well, I spent money on this yeah. and I'm not going to let it go. But you already said it. You can afford another coat sure. if you needed to. Yeah. Right. But imagine if you let go of those winter coats that aren't you anymore. And the other question I asked you is, are you the same person and are you living the same kind of life that you did in New York? Well, clearly not temperature wise. Right. Um, and I think you, yeah, it's a great question, right? Cause there are some things in there that yes, like I am like actually, I want to say like all my winter coats I actually really liked, like I would, mm-hmm. I just went to Chicago, I wore one and I was like excited to wear it. Yeah. Um, but when we look at other areas of the closet, like when we look at, um, like the, like the button up dress shirts, basically. Mm-hmm. No, like most of those shirts, like I would put them on and I would go, this is the shirt I'm supposed to wear in this situation, but right. it's not who I am. Right. It's not you. Which was what you said when you looked, which was really, you're like, these shirts are not you. Right. And I don't even, I don't even <laughs> know you that well. Right. We, we have spent time together twice now yeah. and I can go into your closet and immediately see what is inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, they hold on to these things that they think they're supposed to be wearing or that somebody else expects of them. And it's just holding on or they're holding on to the past, right? There's some, something that fit five years ago that no longer fits, but I can't let it go because I spent so much money on it. But if you think about the other way to think about it is cost per wear. Okay. So if you buy something for $200, you make an investment and you absolutely love it and you wear it once a week, then after six months, the cost for wear is like nothing, right? But if you buy something, even on sale, you bought it because it's on sale, right? (laughs) You buy it for $20, Mm -hmm. let's say, and it sits in your closet and you don't wear it a single time. The cost per wear is $20. Sure. Yeah. So what's the cost per wear of those winter jackets? What's the cost yeah. per wear of those yeah, I've got dress my, shirts? I've got my money's worth on the winter jackets. Yeah. But on the dress shirts, there's a lot of money sitting in that closet. Exactly. Yeah. And you could give somebody else joy by donating them to people who actually will wear them and who need them. And that tells the universe that you're actually willing to release the things that no longer serve you. You're willing to create the space Mm -hmm. You're paying it forward 
So that invites abundance to actually come in. Nice. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's great because so as a as a performance and mindfulness coach, like I'm talking about all these things with other people in in their lives about all sorts of things. But never have I once talked about it in regards to fashion. Yep. I mean, look, I don't go to my clients' houses and look through their houses, right? Yeah. Um, but it makes perfect sense. Right. Because it's it's it is like this is all mindset, right? This isn't yeah. the way we are about our closets or our clothes are likely the way we are about other things. Now mm-hmm. I think for me what I'm hearing is there's some places that we just forget to look. Right. Like I'm looking in lots of areas of my life and there are areas of my life that I'm not looking in. Or there's areas that there's still fear, right? Because yep. we're so dynamic. There's so much to us that there's areas of I've been breaking up fear and doing all this work in other areas. But then there's this like, it's funny, the closet, uh-huh. right? <laughs> which is an area that um, I don't want to go through. It right. occurs as like too annoying or too busy or... Um, or overwhelming. Yeah. It's just or like, the number one word I hear is comfortable. Yeah. 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 Uh, for me, it would be that mm-hmm. it's just more uncomfortable to have to do it. So it yeah. becomes comfortable to not do it. Right. Or just most of the clothes in people's closets, they describe as comfortable. Yeah. Oh, I can't let that ratty t-shirt go. I can't let those sweatpants go. It's comfortable. And it's like, well, you're wearing these things with holes in them. Mm-hmm. And you say that you just wear them around the house and nobody sees you, but why are you not worth it? Well, what's the, speak more to that. Cause like, I'm really interested in the, I, I often in conversation talk about comfort being the enemy yep. of our greatness yep. because all the things that you, I, and everyone else wants is not available through comfort. We're never going to yep. have that great relationship or get that great job by, by being comfortable. But in clothes, it almost sounds and feels different, right? Even in like the sheets on your bed, right? Like I want the sheets on my bed to be comfortable. Right. I definitely don't want the sheets on my bed to be uncomfortable. And when I think about my closet and the clothes I'm wearing or the sheets on my bed or the towels that, you know, I use in the bathroom, those are all things I think about. I want to be comfortable. My couch, I want to be comfortable, right? Right. But But there's a difference between comfortable Mm-hmm. and sloppy okay. and lazy mm-hmm. and doing you a disservice. Okay. And when it comes to clothes, it's a really fine line. Mm-hmm. And people think that in order to be comfortable, they have to be slobs basically, <laughs> or they have to dress like they're yoga instructors. Like most women I know, most of my clients, their uniform is yoga clothes. And I ask them, well, how often when you're wearing your yoga pants, are you on your way home from a yoga class or are you a yoga instructor for a living? Yeah. Right. The answer is no. And the answer is most of the time when they're running around in, in their yoga clothes, they're not coming home from a yoga class or on their way to a yoga class. Right. It's just people get in these ruts and it really is that, that comfort becomes this, security blanket of stuck energy and it's a way to keep from moving forward it's a way to keep yourself safe but safe isn't necessarily a good thing not when you're trying to grow not when you're trying to go to your next level right so how do you even convince if if somebody well it's actually not that so i'm thinking i was thinking about like if somebody is in a situation where they 
where they're almost like arguing for comfort. Yeah. Because I'm sure you get that, right? I, I get that a lot. So yes. how do you help, how do you support somebody to see what's available outside of this thing that they're like fighting for? Well, the the first part of that is what I already mentioned, right? You say your sweatpants and holy t-shirt are comfortable, but are you, how good do you actually feel in that? Mm-hmm. Like, do you really feel like your best possible self or do you feel sloppy and kind of blah, right? Because the number one question, and I have this on my little questionnaire, the number one question that I ask my clients is how do you want to show up in the world? What is the statement you want to make when you walk into a room before you even open your mouth? And how do you want to feel? So those are like three questions in one. Mm. And I want you to answer that for you, for example. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, wait, tell me the first one. Okay, how do you want to show up in the world? And what's the statement you want to make? when you enter a room before even opening your mouth and not in the way of like, how do you want people to see you, but really who do you want to be? Like what presence do you want to have in the world? Power and spirit. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. And how do you want to feel? Um, I mean, the initial reaction is answer is good. Right. But that doesn't say anything. Um, I think, I think confident would be another way. Like, but again, that's so like, it's so open. Right. So Um, it's looking at what does confident mean to you? Yeah. I think that if I had for me to answer this, I think I would want to feel authentic. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, that's huge for me is to know that the clothes I'm in and how I'm showing up is actually true. And I'm not performing or being something that I think everyone else wants me to be. Yeah. What was the third that, one? That's awesome. Well, that's it. That's okay. Yeah. And then... I did it. Yes, you did <laughs> it. And then the next question I ask is, where do you see yourself this time next year? And the reason I ask that is, you know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. But sure. I say dress for the life you want, not the life you have. And it's really looking at your next level self, right? Because we're constantly working on ourselves and we're doing all this personal development in this space, Mm -hmm. right? And we're doing all the inner work, but then at what point does the outside and the way you outwardly show up catch up to that Yeah, and align with that? So you are in fact in full alignment and fully authentic as opposed to I'm doing all this inner work and I'm growing by leaps and bounds and I'm stretching myself, but I'm still reverting to this old, comfortable, familiar, and kind of stuck. Yeah. I mean, if you catch me, it's funny. If you catch me at like a networking event or doing leadership training or, um, I'm trying to think like, you know, uh, anything, let's say like anything somewhat professional, Mm -hmm. the way I show up is very different from like, if you catch me running errands or at the grocery store, you're, or any general day, you're probably catching me in like a baseball hat, like a t-shirt, a hoodie, flip-flops, shorts, some torn up jeans. Now, if you saw that guy, like, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that guy, but that's not the same guy that shows up to those other things. So, um, so what's the disconnect? 
That's what I want to ask you. Yeah. So the, the disconnect, the disconnect is, um, well, there's two, I think one is the guy that's running around like during the day, just kind of like doing the like everyday life kind of stuff right. is actually, it's actually the way I like to see myself. Mm-hmm. Like I like, and, and maybe it's comfort, right? Cause we like comfortable. Right. Um, like, I like this. I like, I like the baseball hat. I like the hoodie. I like the torn jeans and the flip flops. And it absolutely is comfort. Yeah. And it does feel like very authentically who I am. Now, right. maybe that's part of comfort, right? Cause it goes back to who I've been for so long. Um, right. And there's a difference between who you've been for so long and who you authentically are because we, we keep evolving. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And then the person that does those other things, and this is where there's a skew is I've still, I'm still trying for me, trying to find the way to show, I'm not a suit and tie guy. I'm right. never going to be that. And that's, I, and that's clear. And yeah. that's totally okay. And so I'm yeah. trying to still find my uh, version of it version of like, how do I show up professional and nice and find it? So it's really authentic to me. So I think sometimes when I find myself in, let's just say professional or fancier situations, I'm dressing in a way that I think I'm supposed to. Uh-huh. Now, again, now this has shifted a lot in the last year. I'm finding my own new way. I think one of the things that really helped me was actually just like investing money in John Varvatos yeah. because it's nicer, but it still has the the edge or the feel that I feel is me. Yep. But but I don't find a lot of that in places, or it's harder to because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And that's where a stylist can help. But <laughs> that. You led us perfectly back into the last question you asked about... I love about, being a guinea pig on my own yeah. podcast. It's the best. Yeah. It's great, right? <laughs> yeah. Because we, we teach what we most need to learn. Right. Um, but what you were asking before about nudging people out of their comfort zones, mm-hmm. right? So there's a difference between the holy t-shirt and sweats and people just getting into a rut because it's their comfort zone and that's all they know. And they don't really want to leave that comfort zone. So what I ask them is what is the next level you wearing? Like what does the next level you feel like? So all those questions I asked you, right? Sure. The, the power and the spirit and the confidence. Do you feel that in, let's say, a t-shirt with holes and sweatpants, right? Probably not. I don't have holes in any of my clothes that I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to say. <laughs> I'm not saying that's you, <laughs> Yeah. but let's use you in a, as an example in what you said of how you want to show up sure. in the world. I would ask a client, like, do you currently feel that way in those clothes? And if the answer is no, what is a version, like a next level version of what you're already comfortable in yeah. that would have you feeling that way, right? Because it sure as hell isn't a suit. It's so funny because I'm thinking about how we sabotage ourselves. Yeah. And how we we could quite possibly be doing it with our clothes so inadvertently, right? Yeah. You show up wearing something that so isn't you that has you feel not the way you want to feel. And that comes across. That energetically Absolutely. comes across. And people make snap judgments and it's like we think that it's a vain thing. Mm-hmm. But we all do it. We all make snap judgments. We all decide whether we connect and trust somebody within the first three seconds of meeting them. Mm -hmm. And then we decide if we want to do business with them. And then 
if there's something in the way that becomes an objection that you have to overcome with your potential clients. Right. But that's like the entrepreneurial piece of it. The more spiritual piece of it is when you are not in full alignment with who you say you are. And that could be through your clothes. People can feel that Mm -hmm. they can energetically feel that misalignment. And then they feel that something's not quite right. Like they feel that something's off. They may not be able to tell what it is. And this even comes across in images, like your branding stuff online. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how we feel and sense energy. Mm -hmm. So if you are not fully authentic, there's, there's something there. There's something, there's another thing for you to like overcome. Right. Yeah. And there's so much good stuff in here about, because clearly as a society, as cultures, as ethnic groups or um, where we are in our, in like uh, the financial hierarchy of, yep. of the, our cultures, um, the religions we're in, all these things play a part to like how we're supposed to be. Yeah. Which throw this like this kind of like roadblock right at us of, wait, that's not actually authentic to me. Right. But everyone's saying, and you're trying to find this. Your you know, own way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's hard to find your own way because you can't see, um, you know, it's like you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. So you can't see your own levels of comfort right. in the process of your own way. It's, it's, it's just a mind game way beyond is. like just the clothes you wear is what I'm totally getting from this, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Can you talk about the, I love that you say it, um, dressing for the body you have first, the body that you wish you had. I'm like yes. very insecure at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no need to be. Um, and I, I think it's more pervasive with women, honestly, but I totally see it with men too. We, we have these things that we hold on to mm-hmm. in our closets that, you know, from college, from five years ago, from whatever, like, oh, I used to fit into that. And when I fit into it, I absolutely loved it. And I felt so great. But it's like, okay, when's the last time you fit into that? Five years ago? Okay, you might be working towards a goal, right? And that's fine and dandy. But every time you look at that thing that you say is your inspiration or your motivation <laughs> piece, do you feel good or do you feel shitty? Because mm-hmm. if you feel bad about yourself every time you look at that dress or that pair of jeans or whatever then guess what? You are not going to be motivated. You're going to eat your feelings with a donut and delay your goal even more. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, it's that energetic block. It's trying to hold on to a version of you that no longer exists. And people do this all the time. And for them, it's either like the money that they spent on it or the sentimental connection and attachment. Because when I wore that dress, I had just graduated college and I felt so confident and full of life, whatever. Right. But it's like, okay, are you the same person now that you were when you graduated college? Yeah. It's, it's unlikely. And would you even want to be? Cause you've (laughs) lived so much life since then and you've gotten so much life experience and knowledge and just everything. And why would you want to like stuff yourself back into that box? So 
let it go so something new can actually come in that's more of a match for who you are now. And it's crazy. Like I've had clients who I had one woman who told me in the process of her closet clearing that she hasn't felt good in clothes since before she had her kid and her kid's eight years old. And that made me so sad. It's like how, just how do we it's a lot of days. forget about ourselves yeah. and just completely set ourselves aside like mm-hmm. that, right? And then seeing that same woman taking her shopping and having her try on clothes that actually fit her body the way it is now yeah. and fit her properly and are actually a match for the style that she created for herself that she said how she wanted to show up. And then seeing her walk out with just arms full of shopping bags, right? And then fast forward six months, I see her on Facebook, like rocking these cute little rompers and so full of confidence and a completely new woman. And now she's like starting her own business and it's amazing, right? And that shift can happen almost instantly. And we say clothes are such like a vain, superficial thing, but... When you get real with it, well, it could go over the line too, right? Like yeah. it can go to another extreme. It could, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it depends how far we take it, and and I think yeah. also what you're saying isn't you're not saying buy clothes so you can impress people. It's not like hey, you let's change the way you dress so people will be like from an ego perspective. Right. You're actually speaking to it totally different, right? We yeah. can if you said hey, you can go buy a good car. I don't need a Ferrari. Like a Ferrari is, there's nothing wrong with a Ferrari, but a a Ferrari is a vastly, it's a whole nother leap beyond like the whole range of really good cars we could get me. Right. That would actually feel more like you. Well, not just feel more like me, but would give me all those things that I'm saying, right? That's the extreme. And I think the same thing, like with, with the clothes, like I, my guess is that, you know, I, I made a comment about John Varvatos before. But not everyone can afford John Varvatos or right. all these other brands that what you're actually doing, it's not about like the label or the, the outward. It's actually about building up the inside, yep. but through the relationship you have to something. That's like really what, and I think that's where this isn't necessarily a vain thing or like, well, I have to be rich to do this. Right. It might be easier if you have money. It's totally easier, right? But anyone, anyone can do it. You can do this on a budget too. It's, it's really dressing your body for your budget, for you and your personality and your authentic self-expression and, you know, just at that next level. But the next level doesn't have to be all design or everything. It could, if that's what makes you, you feel your most abundant in your best and most confident and most powerful not from like a but it's, what other people think perspective, yeah. but like for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But it's about, again, all the woo law of attraction stuff, mm-hmm. right? The ask, believe, receive. You, you want to act as if you already have that thing that you want. Yeah. And what do you actually want? What is that next level you and what does the next level you want? And if designer stuff makes you feel that, and you have the money to get it, great. But if it just really means a, like a great fitting pair of pants mm-hmm. and some good shoes and a nice shirt. Yeah, you can come take from my closet. <laughs> right, <laughs> right? But, 
But it, it could be whatever that version is yeah. for each individual person yeah. and what makes them feel good. And if spending a bunch of money doesn't make them feel good, then that's a, just a Band-Aid, right? It's just covering up for, again, other people's expectations. How do people, the whole time you're talking about this, I'm thinking about, so everybody's probably not going to have a stylist. Right. And that's okay because everybody doesn't have everything. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about is the way we see ourselves isn't always true either. Yeah. Right? Like when I, I know that when I look in the mirror, what I'm seeing is actually not what you're seeing. Right. And, or what five other people are seeing, right? We all have our yeah. own perspective, our own vision. I know just from conversations with, as what I do with colleagues, like what I think I see is not what's actually happening. Yep. Um, part of our negative brain bias, part of the culture we live in. So I did something actually like three or four years ago where I wanted to look at what it would feel like if I wore completely different clothes. And it was a practice I got from one of my mentors where I said, you know, this is what I wear, which is kind of the way I described the hoodie, the hat backwards, the right. sneakers or flip flops and t-shirts or whatever. And what he said is, which was great advice was, Hey, who do you know that you think has a good sense of style? Yep. And, and at the time, my brother, I don't, not so much anymore. I'm kidding. But, yeah. uh, and so he said, why don't you take, have your brother take you out and let him pick out everything for you. And I think the coolest thing, first of all, it was fun, right? We yeah. actually just like, I was in New York at the time. I had come back to LA. Um, we did it like over Thanksgiving weekend as like, uh, hey, let's go out. Let's get drinks. Let's like do this as a fun thing. Fun make, activity. Make an adventure bonding. out of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I do not like shopping. That is not my thing. But it was a cool way to like hang out with my brother and he's into fashion. So I think it was like more fun for him. And I got to like kind of make fun of myself in the process, right? Right. And he got to make fun of me. So he everybody took, wins. Yes. So he took me out, and I think the coolest thing I learned from it wasn't that I didn't love everything he picked out for me. And there were some things he was like, "Hey, you actually get a say, right?" He was like, "To play this game full out, there's some stuff you're going to actually have to trust me on, right. and then there's some stuff that you wholeheartedly are like, that is not me, and you get the objection." Uh, the you thing always that, have a choice. Yeah. The thing that I got most present to was. I would put things on and we didn't know what sizes and a lot of things cause they're not what I normally wear. So he'd grab two and I basically sat there and he collected clothes and then yep. I like put them on. And I think the, the, the thing that was the most powerful was noticing how I thought I looked as I put things on. So I'd put on like a sweater or a shirt or something and I'd go, I don't like this. It fits me. And I would describe like, I didn't like the way I thought I looked in it and he would go, dude, you look really good. Yeah. Like, like it actually, what the hell are you talking it about? It fits you absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Some of it is comfort, right? Like, well, it doesn't fit like the thing that I normally wear. Or some of it is our own personal insecurities about yep. the, the thing that we're insecure about that no one else might ever notice, but we notice. Yep. And I got really present to like, wow, how powerful is it to have somebody that I know my brother he wouldn't be nice for no reason. Like if I looked bad, he would have been like, dude, he would tell you, he would yeah. dude, you look bad. You look fat. You look whatever you look. He would have said it. It's the fact that he was actually saying you look good. It, it meant something. Right. And it's right. true. Totally. And in that I'm saying this cause I think that, um, obviously like I'm an advocate for what you do and I want people to like hire you and I want people all over to feel better about themselves so they can go achieve more and do more and live great lives. And, there's actually a way if they can't, if the, you know, if you're, if, if you need some support with something like this, there's other yeah. ways, but I love the mindset piece that we don't see. We don't actually see what we think we see all the time. 
Absolutely. And that's really why I do this, honestly, because I've gone through my own struggle with body dysmorphia and borderline eating disorders. And I know that through my work, it's like my access to give people self-acceptance and maybe even self-love. But I want to live in a world where not a single human looks in the mirror and hates what they see. Yeah. And it starts with gratitude and appreciation. And some of my clients, again, not a typical stylist at all, but some of my clients, I have them journal, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't know, I hate what I see in the mirror, start small, start with small little gratitudes and appreciations for yourself. Take a journal, piece of paper, whatever, and write three pages at least of things that you're grateful for, for your body. Like it could be simple. It could be neutral. It could be, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I have eyes to see and I have legs that walk and, you know, Mm -hmm. arms that carry things, but really get connected to your body and what it does for you. And from there you can start to see yourself not for, and see your body, not just as some burden or some thing that's wrong with you that you have to fix, but you can see it as this wonderful tool in this life that you've been given, right? You only get this one vessel once. And then what are you going to do with it? And how are you going to dress it? And you can start by, again, those questions of who, how do you want to show up in the world? right? Who, what statement do you want to make? How do you want to feel? And then you look for, you know, what your coach told you, somebody whose fashion, whose style you admire. If you don't have anybody in your own life whose style you admire, that's fine. Go online, search for images. I, one of the questions I ask my clients is who are your style icons, Mm -hmm. either celebrities or people in the media or people whose images you can easily search and you search their images, you create a Pinterest board of your next level style, you collect images of pieces and outfits and people whose style you admire. And then you look at why, what are those elements that you like? Is it the colors? Is it the textures or the fabrics? Is it the particular silhouettes or the way that a particular person layers, right? And you look for what speaks to you and what feels like Mm -hmm. you And then you just go out and try a bunch of things, right? You can go and you don't, if you hate shopping at a store, if you hate trying stuff on in the fitting room, shop online, just order a whole bunch of stuff. It's easier than ever to be able to shop online, have things delivered to your door, get free shipping, free return shipping, just try everything on and send back whatever doesn't work. But it's all about being patient with yourself and giving yourself grace and just trying. I want to, I don't want to leave this conversation Mm -hmm. without touching on something that you mentioned before we started recording, which was like the collaboration and competition, which is, let's just like set it up for, so you do speaking gigs and we're totally transitioning to another side of what you do. Yep. Um, Stop, change, start. (laughs) And 
But when we were talking about the things you speak about, which totally are in alignment with with what you do with fashion, which is like self-love, empowerment, self-acceptance, all makes sense. Yep. And then you mentioned this piece, collaboration over competition. Yep. And that actually just got me really curious. I know it has to do with like women yep. and whatnot, mm-hmm. but um, what does that mean when you say, I speak, you know, collaboration over competition? It's something that I've been discovering a lot more recently, and that's been really on my heart. And that particular topic came up when I was speaking to a group of young girls last weekend, um, and they were between the ages of nine and 17. And I thought, like, what better demographic to deliver this message to than young women? Because I think as women, we have more opportunities than we ever had right? More opportunities than we've ever had. But in a way, we still have this inbred competition piece. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost from the caveman ages, right? It's like, we're, we're the one with the shiniest hair and the shapeliest hips gets the strongest caveman to bring in the woolly mammoth. Right. And (laughs) (laughs) we see, we see it with like race and minorities or like new people to, you know, we could have seen it in like around the 1900s with people coming to America or 1800s with like, you didn't want to be on the bottom. So if the minorities would essentially push each other down instead of actually lifting each other up. Yeah. And I think now that, I mean, we still have our socioeconomic issues, right? But I think even in the the upper echelon, right? The, the top, however many, 2%, whatever, mm-hmm. we still experience it more so as women because we're, we're kind of in a way by, by media, mm-hmm. but also by our own internal wiring, we're pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And we feel like in order to succeed, we have to compete with each other and we have to set ourselves apart and go it alone and be the best. Mm -hmm. And I think men experience this too, but I think, I don't know, it's kind of more pervasive or more vicious or whatever with women because we we talk about sisterhood, we talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, fix another queen's crown and all those cute memes that you see on the internet, but then we go around and we gossip about each other Mm -hmm. or we go around and you know, try to compete for jobs or whatever, or compete for men. It's, it's ridiculous because I think it's also inside of the scarcity conversation. It's it's totally inside of the scarcity and it's even like competition between people who are doing the same thing that you're doing in your profession. Mm -hmm. Right. And it almost seems like men automatically have this advantage So, you know, they have the competition within themselves. We don't have to worry about that. So maybe we won't get the top spot, but now we have to vie for the second spot with all these other women and we have to like claw and scratch to get ahead. And again, like that is so silly to me Mm -hmm. because I think that feminine energy in general is on the rise. Like we're leaning more into spirituality and more into mindfulness, right? Mm -hmm. And leaning into this feminine energy in general on the planet. And 
how much more powerful would it be if women stopped competing and just started lifting each other up and supporting each other and really creating that global sisterhood? So what's one way, like like one tangible way that a woman listening to this could actually put into practice and do that? Be kind to other women. Like super, it, so, super it starts simple. <laughs> Don't gossip. Okay. Right. Every time you see, I mean, shit. And I, I've been guilty of it too. When you see a woman out at the club, right. And she's all the guys are all over her and your immediate reaction is, Oh, she's such a slut. Right. We, we do it without even noticing it. Sometimes sure. it's like, Oh, what is she wearing? Yeah. Instead of saying something unkind, even if you don't say it out loud, send her love instead. Mm-hmm. What about men's role? What's the thing that like, as a man listening to this, like what's the advice or thing that we can do to actually participate in the shift and in, in it becoming more positive? I would say, accept and lean into your feminine energy because we all have a mix of both. And, you know, the masculine energy is that drive to go and do and perform and action, 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 right? Constant movement. And then the feminine energy is more the being and leaning into just states and ways of being and then sitting back and receiving and kind of more flow. So for men, I, and really easy way to tap into feminine energy is meditation. Like sit still (laughs) and be quiet and let your thoughts just run away from you for a second. And and instead of the constant go, go, go performance mode, learn to be a little bit more still and learn to practice more self-care and slow down just a little bit. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. So who's your, I have like some rapid fires and some, some questions that I thought of as we were having this conversation. Who's your style icon or style icons? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm like, I haven't actually thought of that You're question. Doing your own work. I, well, I am, but I, <laughs> I kind of have my own thing going. So my style archetype is kind of edgy classic. Okay. So I'll do some of the more classic pieces, but then I'll add the, you know, bold gold jewelry to it or a bright red lipstick or some spiky heels, things like that okay. to kind of edge it up a little bit. And... I don't know. Maybe Angelina Jolie is one. Um, although at one point she kind of took it way into the edgy sure. side of things. Um, but yeah, anybody who's kind of classic and effortless, but still a little bit of playful with quite a bit of edge to it, like the leather and the gold and things like that. Who should be my style icon? If you were hanging the poster in my room, <laughs> I know you don't hang posters, but who's my style icon? Well, that's a question for you, not for me, right? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking you. Who do you think it should be? If you were, if you were my, if I was just totally like, help me, fix me, <laughs> who should be my style icon? I would tell you who, whose style do you admire and why? 
So, and I would give you that homework. So I actually, I wouldn't do that work for you. Yeah. It's Cause I wouldn't know. I actually don't know the answer. Right. Yeah. Because I don't pay attention. I don't care. I don't actually think about it from a, like, like I'm not looking at what the celebrities or people are wearing. It's just not something I'm like that interested in. Um, so I but, would ask you to pay just a yeah. little bit of attention and do that homework because if I tell you, yeah, then but, you could fight me on it. Yeah, but I actually want to know because right. it's because I get to ask the rapid fire questions. So who would it be for fun? <laughs> for fun, I would say maybe a a little bit Ryan Reynolds because mm-hmm. he has the casual with just a little extra kick to it. Okay, all right. Yeah, we can keep doing this interview. Yeah. This conversation. You're not done. We're not. No, that was a good answer. Okay. One, if you could dress one person um, or style one person, living or dead? Hmm. Let's just go with living, right? Who cares? Living. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I, I would really want to fix Hillary's style. <laughs> okay. And, I mean, Gabby Bernstein's another one. Oprah's another one. Like all the people that I would want to hang out with in real life. So you and you love them and you just want to like help them. You really want to do the thing that you were talking about. You want to like up help them. I mean, none, up of, these, level. none of these people need help, right? They're crushing yeah. it, and you just see something for them to take it even even better. Yeah, and I just read yesterday that Marianne Williamson is running for president in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how amazing would that be? I just heard about this today. Yeah. 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 That that would be super rad. Would the White House be white or would it be like a like a love color of red or something? <laughs> would you like repaint the White House? Um, okay, so we'll see, right? Who we'll is the, who, a man? If it was a man, who would you who would you want to restyle? Who would I want to restyle? The first thing that popped in my head was Obama. I would prevent him from wearing that white or tan suit situation. <laughs> that he got a lot of flack for. Um, like you just went like, the, you went to the biggest people. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> Not like some movie stars. You just like went to the biggest people. It's awesome. Well, because movies... I wish he had said like the Dalai Lama. That oh. would have been better. <laughs> I don't want him in a robe. He's so much better than a robe. This like, we could take his game. His, his Dalai Lama-ness would go to a whole nother level. And, like maybe the Archbishop Desmond Tutu, we could get him out of the black robe. We could right? like totally... Um, that might be the next step. That might be next level me. You're like, yeah, yeah. This level um, me, yeah. Do you have any? Do you have anything for me before we? I know because you're like one of the only people that ever asked me questions. So are we good, or do you wanna? Do you have anything for me at the end? Well, the the one question I asked that I didn't get an answer to was, where do you see yourself this time next year, mm. and what like who is the next level, Alex? Sure. Um, oh man, it's such a good question. Who do I see myself this? And it's perfect too, right? Cause we're doing this right at coming up at the end of the year. Yep. I actually just found, uh, so I take a whiteboard. I don't, mm-hmm. I haven't done this every year, but it's something I've, I've started. And last year I took a whiteboard and on the whiteboard, I set a goal for the year and they're kind of thematic goals. I have measurable goals like in my business, but right. I have some thematic goals like in relationship and they're almost like breakthroughs more than goals. Um, but I found the whiteboard that I did last year in November, December around like all my goals and whatnot. And the reason I say I found it is because I was moving around so much and traveling so much. It kind of got left behind, but I found it, I dug it out and 
the thematic goals I like really hit and it's really cool, but they were very like, um, when I found it, I was almost in awe that like, Hey, I've done these. I'm actually done yep. these things. So now I'm, you asked me, this has me thinking cause I'm getting ready to set them for create next year. your goals for next year. Right. And, um, it almost feels weird because the, the goal for 2018 was to really fall in love with my life. Mm-hmm. And when I, I found that. it, I ha- I was having a day where I was working and I was having a moment of appreciation going, I love my life. That doesn't mean my life is perfect. It doesn't yep. mean I have pro- don't have problems. I have tons of problems. I have tons of things that I wish were different or better or whatever and goals I haven't hit. And I love my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could have always said that in my life. Yep. Most years probably couldn't have. And so I'm thinking like, man, how do I... You created that. How, and how, yeah. what's next, right? Because right. I, I want to love my life next year too. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like a rolling goal. Right. And that's the foundation now. Because now that you've hit that goal... Yeah. What's So I think me next year, um, I actually would like to see this podcast in a whole new, um, in a whole new way. Like this, this podcast this year has been almost an experiment. Like yeah. I started in February. Uh, I, by the time the year's over, will be somewhere around 55, 60 episodes, which I have as a total accomplishment. That's I have like, badass. Yeah. I, like, That's a huge accomplishment. I hit, I hit over the amount of listeners that I ever thought I would in like the first year. And the thing that I think I would really like to see on another level is like the professionalism. Mm-hmm. Like I'd like my equipment to be at a higher level. I'd like my sound quality to be at a higher level. I'd like to have somebody doing much more of the work for me, the behind the scenes work. Yep. Where yeah, I'm outsource the editing and all of a that. A lot of it. Right? I have, and I have some of that, but like everything to an, just to another the next level. Yeah. So that for this, that would be the thing. And I think for my, I think for my, um, I actually think I would like to have a breakthrough in the the clothing department in a way where I really discover that way that I'm able to be the person I want to be in the way that feels real to me. Which all I, the time. Yeah, which I which yeah. I'm like creeping into, but it's it's not all the time and it's it's still like there's moments I take 10 steps back and mm-hmm. there's moments I take 5 steps forward, but there it's like inconsistent. Right. Um yeah, I think I, I think power and I mean it's the thing I've been working on a lot recently, but really embodying power and spirit like all the time, confidently that, which, and consistently. Which to me is because yeah. and you brought it up before. We are all fifty percent masculine, fifty percent feminine, and most of us are not running fifty percent. We're running either way more yep. to the feminine or way more to the masculine. And some women are running way, running way more to the masculine and some yeah, men are running. Yeah, that used to be me. And there's nothing wrong totally. with any of it. But I know that for me to be my absolute best, and my best, right, not compared to anyone else, I would be running, my, my masculine is the power and the spirit is the feminine. And yep. I would be like, they would both be just like ping-ponging each other. Yeah, in harmony. Yeah. In so, this beautiful dance together. Yeah. So what are you wearing? Oh, man. Well, because I don't know, uh, I have... I would, I, my whole closet is John Varvatos because that's what I know. Yeah. And I feel like that brand speaks to me in a way that feels super authentic. Um, it's almost the only like brand I know of that I can, I can, uh, everything that of theirs I can kind of wear in a way that feels nice, powerful, confident. There's like the edginess to it. Um, yeah, that's, that's the only answer I can give because it's the only one I know that 
that feels that way for me. Yeah. So maybe pushing the edges a little bit more, mm-hmm. like pushing yourself out of, you have that down. Now, how are you going to build on it? And that could be doing some research that could be us working together. Who knows? But it's just looking at, okay, you have this foundation. Now, yeah. how are you going to build on it? Yeah. And what are you going to create? That's really next level. Yeah. Right? Because you're up leveling all these other areas of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for this. Uh, thank you. You know, I didn't know what I was going to get out of a conversation. You and I had a conversation, have had some conversations. I knew there was something in this beyond like the clothes we wear. Yeah. Because that's not the conversation we had. And if you hear that as, I would listen again. Yeah. But, uh, Thanks for the generosity of your time. Thanks for the wisdom. Thanks for like not pulling punches, like just saying the thing, being honest, (laughs) authentic, bold, real. Um, But I'm really present to the wisdom beyond the thing. Like you're speaking to something that occurs at surface level on a much, much deeper plane that's really about uplifting human beings in a place that most of us are probably ignoring or using against ourselves. Right. So, And thank you for just getting that. Yeah. Well, when you walked through my closet, it was like, (laughs) (laughs) but in a kind way, right? I I always, I try to be ruthless. Compassion Yes, is is what I go for. Really. It's, I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to bullshit you, but I'm, it's always going to be compassionate and it's always going to be for your highest good. If people want to reach out to you, look into you, find any of your like tips, uh, work with you, what's the best way for them to find you, stalk you, follow you? I'm on all of the social medias. I'm Anna Namark style on Instagram, and that's A N N A N E I M A R K style, um, or just www.annanamark.com. That's my website. All my services. All my contact info, all of that is on there. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Thank you, Alex. This was so much fun. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason Podcast. Please subscribe to the Dream Mason Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with a friend and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.